He's got a beautiful backswing. Dad, oh, he got all of that one. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. Lay up with an iron into the hazard. Well, that wasn't quite what I meant, you know. What's good, everybody? Welcome into the 73rd Hole Podcast, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. And today we have a very special guest, Taylor Gooch. And TG, for anyone who is listening for the first time, has been our guy. He was there with us from the start, and we were there for him from the start. So he is doing us a huge solid today, giving us this interview and Taylor I mean nothing's really happened since last time we talked right (laughs) yeah it's been a a pretty quiet time in my world here the last few months (laughs) Uh, TG so I guess we'll start here number one you're playing great golf right now four top tens out of the five events on the live Um, I think it gets overshadowed with everything going on off the course number one I just want to ask you how does the game feel because it looks great yeah, you know, it's it's been a really solid stretch of golf, and, um, you know, there in the middle of it, um, I played the 150th Open at St. Andrews, and, um, you know, I had a really good week, uh, minus a, about a four-hole stretch where I think I was four over in four holes, and, um, you know, it's just been, it's been good golf, and, um, you know, for especially for all the craziness that's been going on, it's been good to get on the course and, and go and, and perform a little bit. Yeah, TG, just, just kind of like you mentioned, you know, things have changed so much. I believe we spoke in February last time and with everything that's been going on with your life. Just kind of take us through, you know, the process from you officially going from the PGA Tour to the Live. What were the, you know, conversations like between you and your team? and How did you come to a final decision? Yeah, I mean, there was obviously a lot of factors involved. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, I was, I, I, it was the best decision for, for me and my family. And, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the product that Liv has. And, um, you know, I was, I was excited about the, you know, obviously the team aspect. It's a super cool idea. I grew up playing team sports and it's something that was very, very intriguing for me. And, um, you know, uh, there's, there's a lot of, like I said, a lot of factors, but at the end of the day, I was just excited about the new opportunity. And, um, you know, obviously it was weird how it all worked out and kind of the transition and timing of everything, but, um, you know, it's, it's all worked out in a, in a great way. And, uh, you know, I'm excited about, you know, where things are. Taylor, Woody, uh, are you getting comfortable now with it? Uh, are you getting over the fact that you're supposed to be this evil person and you're just getting around to play good golf now and not worried about all the other stuff that's going on around you yeah it's 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 funny um how quickly i was this good old boy from oklahoma that was a nice kid that <laughs> everyone liked and you know thought this family man that has this baby girl what a what a sweet couple and a sweet guy and then all of a sudden i become a villain um overnight but no it, it's um yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I, I keep telling people this. It's still – it's golf. It's just a different form of golf. And, and you know, when you get on the course, it, it's – golf's hard enough uh, without anything else going on. And so, you know, it's easy to get on the course and, and get locked in and, and get in – you know, get into the groove of things and try to focus on golf because, as we know, you know, golf's hard enough when that's all – you know, that's all you focus on. So uh, I, ju- I just try to, you know, get on the course and focus on, on – playing as good as I can. 
So let's talk about the live experience because, you know, I haven't been to a tournament. A lot of people haven't been to a tournament yet. What's it like not only playing individual golf, but team golf now as well? And what's the atmosphere like at these live events? I'm really curious. Yeah, it's man. It's just, it's just, uh, it's just different. I don't, I don't, it's, I keep telling all my buddies back here, uh, in Oklahoma, you know, you guys got to get out and see it and feel it and experience it. Uh, it's tough to put into words, but it's, it's, it's a little bit lighter. Uh, you have music going throughout, throughout the day, throughout the Now, do you like that as a player or do you hate it? Oh, I love it. You know, I, I always challenge, uh, people to find someone that's not at home listening to music when they're playing golf anyways, you know, it's, that's right. It's just what us golfers do. And so I, it's great. Um, but yeah, I mean, every aspect, uh, from the team aspect to, you know, every, the, the shotgun part is, is something that people have had, you know, different opinions about, but until you see it, uh, it's, it's hard to really kind of put it into words, but man, it's just, it's different. It's fun. It's energetic. Uh, it's cool. And the, the thing that I feel, uh, the guys and play new players that have been coming onto the scene kind of week by week. Um, one of the, the things you hear a lot is they say, man, this is like, this is a younger crowd. This is, you know, this, the, the fans here is, it's just a younger demographic. And that's kind of, to be honest, that's what it appeals to. I think, uh, a little bit different than, you know, what the, the tour, you know, on a, on a week to week basis, PJ tour has from, you know, the, the age of the fans. And, um, so that'd be an interesting study to see, you know, the average age of the fan at a live event versus, you know, a PGA tournament. You know, TG kind of along the same lines, it seems like we've had five live events now and every single week on the podcast before we say, and this course looks absolutely phenomenal. And it, it seems like the courses that you guys are playing on the liver just absolutely fabulous. How do you think that, you know, obviously the course conditions, but how did the course set up compared to what you've been used to in PJ Tour and major championships? Yeah, it was funny. The, after the first couple of events when, you know, the scores are, are not low and we kind of joked with them, we were like, man, maybe we need to get with the guys that set up the course and tell them to ease it up. So, you know, people start to think that we're actually good golfers out here because, um, man, that the courses have been tough um, and they've been set up really, really well. Um, you know, a lot of people uh, with Live that um, are helping organize and run tournaments and set up courses, uh, you know, this is not their first time doing it. And they've, they've worked, a lot of people that have worked with the t- PJ Tour in, in, in their past uh, are, are now with Live, And so, you know, there's a lot of a lot of similarities from a course setup. Um, the courses that we've been playing are, are in such phenomenal shape, and when you only have 48 guys playing versus 150 guys playing, the courses just don't get it as beat up, and so they're just they they do they last better and and are just in a better quality position. You know, come Sunday than uh, you know what we're accustomed to from the PGA Tour. Um, and, you know, obviously the PGA Tour plays amazing courses as well. Both both tours, you, you get spoiled with how great the courses are, but um, it's, been, it's been, you know, a pleasant surprise and also kind of a kick in the butt at how good and how tough the courses have been so far. Okay, here's a good question for you. These caddies have got to be in hog heaven with this field, don't they? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it, their quality of life has changed a little bit, to say the least. Um, you know, that's one of the cool things that um, you know I think the the, the live uh, people have done is is made every um, you know member of of the team 
uh, feel valued and has taken care of them. And um, that, that, that Liv has just done a great, great job of, um, you know, everything from travel to accommodations to food, um, you know, and 54 holes is a little bit less wear and tear on the body than 72. And so, um, you know, that the caddies are, are a happy bunch right now, to say the least. So speaking of that, we have to bring up Mal now that we're talking caddies. Obviously, Mal's a character, and now we got to hear him mic'd up, and we've heard Nick Heinen, who was my high school teammate, and now caddies for Matthew Wolf. He was mic'd up uh, in an event, and so it is a cool thing to hear the conversations behind the scenes between you guys and not just, you know, talking yardages and, and, you know, how far to this bunker, but you guys are, it kind of gives us an inside look into what you guys talk about in between shots, because I think a lot of players have to kind of, you know, get their mind away from what they're doing on the golf course. So I thought that was pretty cool. What, what have you, you know, experienced not only on the mics, you know, on the caddies, but maybe some other changes that they made, like the shotgun start you mentioned. Yeah, I think uh, uh, focus of, of live is access, giving the fans a little bit of a different access than what they're accustomed to. And, and the, the mic'd up part with the, the caddies, I think is super cool. And, you know, um, it's something that I think the average fan enjoys, but the, the you know, the hardcore golf fan is going to love. And, and it just shows, you know, what we're doing, what we got going on, but also it shows, you know, we're just humans, normal dudes talking about normal stuff, you know? So it's, I think that's cool. You know, um, uh, I, I've, I've chatted with a few of the guys that, uh, each week that organize, um, kind of where the grandstands are, how the range is set up and they're doing their best to try to get fans like as close to the action as possible. And I, I think it's cool, you know, um, you, you, you feel, I feel like you, you feel the heat a little bit more like the fans that are right there, you know, it just, it makes it, you know, it just, I don't know, it, it makes it a little bit of a different feel. And so, um, like I said, I, I think Liv is, is doing a good job with focusing on, you know, giving the fans just a little bit different look and a little bit more inside the tour, you know, look than, um, than you know, what the PGA Tour has done and historically. And I think it's a, it's a cool little, um, you know, cool way to just to get the fans more involved. TG, just to kind of piggyback off that question, you know, one of the things that we always talk about, too, that we love about Live is the coverage of it. I mean, it's on YouTube and it's on the, the Live Golf website. And, and we, we love There's no commercials. David Faraday's on there. It's great. And I'm just curious from a player's perspective, have you gone back and watched any round of the coverage? And what are your thoughts on it, if you have, compared to, you know, what we're used to seeing? Yeah, I've seen some um, some playbacks uh, of some rounds and, and caught some of the coverage. And, um it's, I mean, I think it's cool. Uh, it's, it's action packed. It's shot after shot. Um, you know, I, I think it's great for what it is and, you know, I think it's going to continue to improve, but, um, you know, we, we all know that eventually it's going to be, um, you know, TV is going to pick it up. It's not going to be just, just through streaming on, on YouTube. It's, it, they're going to get a deal done. And, um, and when that happens, advertisements are, are part of it. And so, things are going to change. It's not going to be as, um, golf fan friendly, uh, in some ways, I think moving forward, that's just the nature of the game. And, um, but I, I think, you know, they're going to continue to do their best, uh, to make the viewing experience as, um, you know, as good as possible for the fan and, and not get 
caught up in too much stuff outside the actual golf and action of things. Right, and that's the that's the commercial part of it, but the shotgun start's not going to change, and we saw in Boston how electric it was when not only you, but DJ and, and Westwood was playing great, and all these guys were on top of the leaderboard. And, I mean, there was two holes left, and seven guys had a chance to win. I mean, have you ever been a part of a tournament like that, maybe in college or something? No, it was, it was so cool. It was so crazy. We were walking up to the 18th hole, and I was two back of DJ and um, you know two back of the lead and Westwood was passing us and he was going to the second hole and we're about to tee off on 18 and we, it's the hole that Westwood was on was par three and so we knew at that point in time that he was I forget now but he was like one or two back and he stuffed it to like a foot and we were like dang all right that's another guy that's you know going to be right there and so uh <laughs> it was just it was so crazy to see that and like now did you know like it, can you even figure that out and do the math that fast because i watching it watching everybody at the yeah. same time i couldn't even figure out you know what all the possibilities were yeah no i mean just cuz they you know have leaderboards throughout so i could right. see you know what was happening it's it's tough to pre- project in some ways because there was so many people like at the top like yeah within a and shot like or Lahiri, two. you know had yeah. the eagle putt and and right. cam smith wasn't he up there or, yeah right and so mm-hmm. that's yeah, crazy no, it's it's i think it's a it's really cool um and and like i said from a player perspective to see like all the moving pieces and and then have to like you know what? Let's we got lock, we got lock in. We got to try to hit a fairway and, and hit a green, and and so it's it's man, it's just again, it's just different. It's a it's a different way of of doing things, and it, I think it's cool. It's and I think it's exciting. Taylor, I was lucky enough to actually play on tour when Greg Norman was a superstar, and he was so good. I mean, so good. He could drive a golf ball so far and so straight. I gotta ask, what's he like with you guys? What do you think of it? I, I, so I've had obviously a lot of interactions with him and, and he's been nothing but, but kind and, and humble and generous to me and, and, and my, my caddy and my coach and everybody. He's, he's very, very involved, uh, you know, on a day-to-day basis when, you know, interacting as everyone sees with, with players and with fans. And, you know, he, he cares, you know, he's passionate about this. He's passionate about, you know, golf and, and, and this, this product. And so, you know, I know that he's had, you know, some, uh, polarizing times in, in his career that, uh, you know, the media likes to, to harp on quite a bit. Uh, but, you know, he's been great to us out there and, and, um, you know, I think he's done a great job for live. So speaking of the team aspect, we talked a little bit about the finishes and, you know, how the shotgun affects the finishes. Talk a little bit about how the team aspect affects the finishes, because you guys are obviously at the top every single tournament. You know, we have the Spurs, a dynasty. We have the Patriots, a dynasty. Now we're talking about the four aces being a dynasty uh, throughout the start of live. And so tell me a little bit about how much you're actually thinking about how the team finishes as opposed to yourself. I think everyone would be shocked at how much it matters to us. Uh, you know, specifically a, a story uh, from Boston playing with DJ in the final round. Uh, I think I had the lead uh, by one or two over DJ going in the final round, and he got off to a hot start. And we walk off the twelfth hole, eleventh uh, hole, eleventh or twelfth hole, and there's a leaderboard right there. And, and first leaderboard leaderboard we had seen in a few holes, and all of a sudden we were like, I think five shots back. And like, we both saw, we were sitting on the side of the green. We look at each other. We're like, 
we got to get on it. Like we, we, we're five down and we only got like six or seven holes left. Like we got to get going. And it was, it's, it's so odd. Cause at the same time, like, I think I was one, one or two back of DJ at the time. So I'm like, all right, like I need to beat him, but I also need him to do well for us too. And, and then we so saw like, the deal with DJ and Uline on the last hole. Like yeah. does DJ ram the chip? And well, he ended up hitting the pin kind of hard, but I was thinking, does he just, you know, get it up there somewhere close and win for the team or does he kind of, you know, try to win it himself? Right No, And it's, again, everybody's out there trying to win it for themselves and, right. and it's still an individual sport, but the team aspect, I think it's, it's captivated the players in a, in a much stronger way than what everyone would have anticipated. And it's, it's, it's what we're looking at on the leaderboard, you know, every, every time we see it, every time we get a chance and cause you're proud of your team, you know, at least I'm proud of my team and you know, you want to go out and show out for your team and you want your team to do well. It's just something different, new, and it's just, it's a cool aspect that again, I, I think everyone has, has really you know, taken to it. And, and T-Dub, real quick, before you ask your question, I just have to say that, you know, out of the 5.8-something million you've made on the course on Live, I mean, three of that is from team wins, right? Yeah. No. I mean, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, and I've, I've absolutely loved the team aspect of it. It's made it so much more exciting to watch. And, you know, just kind of, PG, just kind of take us through the average week on a Live event compared to the average week on a PGA Tour because instead of going for four rounds, you go down to three rounds. You also don't have to deal with things like early, late tee waves or late, early tee waves. And you're starting at the same time every day. So how has your week prep changed throughout this, uh, you know, change the lift? Yeah, it's um, so much more routine-based day-to-day um, because of the, the tee times uh, not, you know, varying from, you know, an 8 a.m. tee time one day to 2 p.m. tee time the next day. You know, having the same tee time every day, it, it really allows us to get in a groove. And, you know, for me, from a uh, once the tournament starts, uh, you know, on Friday, my, like I got honed in my, my routine, my workout routine, like when I eat, you know, when I'm getting up, when I'm getting to the course, it's, it's able, you know, it's enabled me to, to really hone that in, which is, which is great for me. And, um, you know, for, you know, the leading up to the week, I've, I've actually had to put a little bit more time in than, um, you know, what I've done, uh, you know, the last couple of years on the PGA tour, because all these courses are new courses. And so, you know, for me, I've had to learn the courses. And, and so I've, I've put some more time in, um, you know, uh, on, on course prep, uh, you know, Monday through, through Thursday. Um, but you know, I, I it, it's it, like I said earlier, it's, it's still golf. You're still trying to shoot your, your low score. And, and sometimes that means you got to put a little bit more work in sometimes, you know, the game feels good and you just got to kind of get out of the way and let the car go. Um, and so, you know, the, the, the biggest change, um, that, that I don't think gets talked about a lot is everybody starting at the same time. The, the, the way that's levels, the playing field, um, from a, from a course, uh, conditions perspective, you know, for example, I played over in Europe a couple weeks back and final round, um, my teammate, uh, Pat, uh, Pat Reed shot like 10 under or something like he came from barely making That's the right. cut yeah. and then he teed off really early and he got fresh greens and he you know played great and had a great round and you know I was second or third from the last group in, in that round and you know it's some might call it an excuse but we're, we're playing on shoot up greens and it's just you know when you're teeing off three four hours later than another guy you know it, it just makes 
you know, making putts more difficult at times. And uh, that's why, you know, you often see uh, guys kind of backdoor top 10s and top 15s on tour from way down the list is, is because, you know, they go have a hot round and they get some fresh greens, they make more putts and it just, you know, it makes it more difficult later on in the day to make putts when you've had so many guys on the green. So it's for the players, we, we love that aspect of everyone being on the course at the same time, because it really does take some variables out of play for, you know, who's kind of got the good wave, who's got, you know, the good greens, who's got the good, you know, weather, everyone's playing in the exact same conditions and, you know, the cream's going to rise and there's not going to be any excuses as to, you know, why the cream didn't rise this time. So here's another one of those interesting questions for you. The Chargers, because of one of your teammates, Pat Perez, we've actually gotten to see a little bit of those. So my question is, is those Chargers as special as they look? And have you really gotten to know Pat yet? Because he seems like quite a character. Yeah, that that is an, a character for sure. He, uh, it, man, it's been so cool uh, getting to spend time with him and and DJ. And it, it was actually DJ came up to me the first tournament in London, and at that point in time, the teams weren't set yet. And it was Tuesday or Wednesday, playing a practice round, and um, and DJ comes running up to me. He's like, "Hey," he's like you got a team yet. And that evening we were going to be drafting our teams for the week. And I was like, well, no, we're drafting the teams this week. And uh, he was like, well, and at that point in time, I wasn't playing, you know, live full time. I was going back to the tour. I was just going and playing London that week. And so he was like, Hey, he's like, if, well, I'm trying to get a team set together because I don't want to keep losing to the South Africans every week and the, the, the uh, English and this and that. And, you know, shortly after that, uh, we found out that I couldn't play the PJ tour anymore. And so we ended up saying, all right, let's get together and let's, uh, let's make a team of this. And, uh, so ever since then, you know, it's been cool to, you know, obviously Pat Red or Pat, Patrick Reed, Pat Perez, DJ are, we're, we're kind of a, a bunch of misfits, if you will, that have been put together. <laughs> uh, but it, it's been, uh, let's just say there's been a lot of laughs and, and, and PP has been, uh, at the, you know, he's been the one creating a lot of laughs at times. So TG, obviously you brought it up just now, you know, you went over, take us to the beginning of, I don't think a lot of people understand that you weren't full-time live right when you went over. Yeah, right. No, I, I, so that week I hadn't planned on, uh, playing the tournament in Canada, uh, the PJ tour tournament in Canada. And, um, and so I was going to go play the one tournament over in London, the live tournament and going straight to the U S open. And, um, you know, obviously these are unprecedented times, but, uh, in the, in the PJ tour had said, you know, we're going to, we're going to suspend guys. We're going to suspend guys. But, you know, I, I just kept saying, listen, this is something like these harsh, uh, penalties have, they've never happened before. Like you guys have never done something this harsh. And, and so I, you know, I, I'm, I want to go play this week and then I'm going to come back and get right back to the PJ tour. And, um, so that was my, my intentions and that was my plans. And obviously it didn't work out like that. Um, but again, you know, I'm, I'm happy with how things have worked out and I've, I've, I've loved to, you know, in every moment of, of being, you know, on live and, um, you know, being on the four aces. CG, you brought up earlier when you when you were playing over in Wentworth a couple weeks ago, and with your fourth place finish, you moved up 
into, I believe, 36th in the official World Golf Rankings, which isn't a very big talking point with all the list stuff going on. Well, one of the criteria to get in the Masters is being in the top 50 of the World Golf Rankings at the end of the calendar year, and you being 36 pretty much solidifies that. So what did that mean to you to get up that high in the rankings and almost secure, definitely secure your spot in the Masters? Yeah, you know, everyone knows that the the – the majors are it. That's the pinnacle of golf. And, um, you know, we're all hopeful that, um, you know, all the world ranking stuff and all the chaos that's going on. We, everyone I think is hopeful, um, every, from every side of this coin, uh, that it all gets worked out and figured out because at the end of the day, I think everybody, fans, players, organizations want the best players in the world playing the best events, the, you know, the four majors. And so, you know, everything that I've done um, since going to live has been, you know, with the intent of trying to solidify my spot into those majors next year. And so, um, you know, I knew that I wasn't going to have very many opportunities um, to go get some more world ranking points uh, until all this gets figured out. Uh, And so, you know, I knew uh, I needed to go and and play well. Um, And so it was nice to go and and have a good week and, and, you know, hopefully, bump bump my world ranking up high enough that you know come the end of the year uh we'll be in that that top 50 so to kind of follow up that question tg obviously official world golf ranking is the biggest talking point because right now that's the criteria to get in the majors now my question from my standpoint i don't see the masters or the u.s open diluting their own product in that way to keep you know 20 of out of the best players in the world out of you know, the majors, right? I I don't think that they would do that to themselves. So going forward in the future, do you think that, you know, official world golf ranking might become obsolete now that guys like Dustin Johnson and Cam Smith, who are, you know, and yourself, who are three of the hottest golfers in the world right now, aren't gaining official world golf ranking on a weekly basis? Like, doesn't the requirements have to change? What are your thoughts on, you know, where it's going to go in the future? Yeah, I mean, the OWGR is obviously a great organization that's kind of led the front uh, on this stuff with golf, you know, for, for a long, long time. And, and you just got to hope that uh, that continues to be the case. And I think for that to be the case, I think, you know, times change and things need to change with it a little bit. And, you know, I don't, I don't again, know what the resolution is. I don't know how it gets figured out. Uh, but like I said a second ago, I think, uh, you know, nobody benefits, um, you know, the, the, the ones that should matter, the fans, the players, uh, do not benefit um, if you, you know, keep certain players out of, um, you know, the, the pinnacle of the sport and, uh, you know, being the, the four majors. And so, you know, I, I don't know what the answer is. I don't think anybody, anybody really knows what the answer is uh, on, on how that looks. But, you know, you just got to be hopeful that they are, you know, all actively – working to try to figure out what a solution is to make sure, you know, like you said, the, the majors are, are the pinnacle of the sport. And that's what needs to happen is the focus needs to have to be that the majors stay the pinnacle of the sport. And, you know, if you keep, I think, you know, X amount of players out of those majors that are, you know, very arguably some of the best players in the world, man, that's just gonna, that's gonna be, that's gonna be a tough look. And then to follow that up, you know, one more quick thing because it's such a long conversation but the other thing that I would want to know from your perspective is you know we hear so much about the live tournaments not meeting the OWGR requirements so let's say that you know they don't give 
you know, live the OWGR and the majors continue to say, you know, no, it's just the top 50 in the world for the Masters, for instance. And so to me, like the fact that it doesn't meet the requirements shouldn't matter because we've never seen anything like live. Like, where do you kind of stand on that part of the OWGR conversation? Yeah, so... I, do we know what the the requirements are that the no one really can find them on paper? It, I don't know if you know them, but that's that's the interesting conversation. Is like, you know, for example, when I was over uh, in Europe a couple weeks back and got those world ranking points, I got those world ranking points after playing a fifty four hole event. Right. Um, I played in in Maui uh, earlier this year in a no cut event, and I played in a couple WGCs and no cut events not to mention the hero world challenge is the same type of deal correct and and I got world ranking points yeah so um there's there's a lot of holes in this fishnet and um you know I I, like like you said it's such a complex answer uh or situation I should say um I I don't know what the answer is um but again I, I just think things need to adjust with times and and you know, you just got to hope that the OWGR is able to, you know, take a step back and, and realize like, you know, what's best for this game and what's best for this sport is to try to recognize the best players. And currently with Liv not getting world ranking points, that in my opinion is not doing justice to recognizing the best players in the world. And so, you know, I, it's it's just so complex and it's beyond me and that's why you, you have these governing bodies and these individuals that you know you got to hope are going to make the right decisions um and it not be partial decisions okay here's the, here's another one of those questions that i'm sure our listeners would love to hear because rory mcelroy and uh, he's been the more the most outspoken about you know he'd be sick to his stomach with you guys playing in Wentworth. What has been that attitude towards you? Because I know that I love you because you you've become kind of the guy that they want to beat up on out there, uh, and and that's okay because you're a big boy you can handle it. But have they been cold to you? Tell us what's going on. Yeah, it, it that's a lot of. Uh media talk um in in reality i haven't had one person come up and give me any kind of negative emotions talks you know stares anything like that um you know i know a lot of people talking you know in the media and and say certain things and um but at the end of the day uh, you know it's like we say a lot you know there's a lot of guys that um are are benefiting from the decisions that those of us that chose to go to live, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of guys that are benefiting because of that. And, um, you know, throughout this whole thing, the, the, the people that are benefiting the most are really the players. And, and so the, the, the few that are, uh, you know, you're hearing, you know, in the media, you know, I haven't had any conversations with any of those guys and there hasn't been, you know, a, a bunch of negative, talk and you know I'm not getting cold shoulders the guys that I was buddies with and talked to on a daily weekly basis Max Homa yeah prior prior to making the decision I'm still buddies with and talk to and and so a lot of that like I said it's it's just it's media 
you know, creating a narrative to, to, you know, get more viewership. So TG kind of piggybacking off of that question, by the way, if, if you guys hear in the background, Knox, the, the Husky is in the background here. He wants, uh, to be part of the podcast too. We might, <laughs> here we go. I'm gonna let him in. Yeah, let him in, let him in. Uh, no, kind of piggybacking off of that last question, TG, um, you've kind of been railroaded by the media, in my opinion, and certain media outlets and everything. And, and you know, I've, I've talked many times about how the Golf Channel's bottom dollar is affected, directly affected by the success of the PGA Tour. I couldn't imagine waking up every day, much less getting on my phone every day, hearing my name drugged through the mud as much as your name has been drugged through the mud when you have literally just, you know, played golf, <laughs> right? You right. just chose a different place to go play golf. You didn't get arrested. You didn't go to jail. And I feel like a lot of people are treating it like that because of what they hear in the media, right? And so coming from your perspective, how do you, number one, feel about that? But I'm more interested to know how do you deal with that because it has to be hard. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's at the end of the day, it's, it's a bunch of noise, you know, and, and fortunately, my, uh, like we've talked about, my identity is not through golf. It's not what the media says about me. It's not what, you know, people on social media say about me. And uh, I have such an incredible support system with my family, my friends, my, my team, my coach, my, my instructor, my caddy, my, you know, uh, my trainer. I mean, every, everyone that's involved is supports me and, and supports, you know, my career. And, uh, at the end of the day, those people that support me and support my career, if I go make a bogey or if I decide to go do something that, you know, everyone wants to try to shame, they, they don't, they don't care about any of that. They know who I am and, and they care and love for me. And, and at the end of the day, that's, that's what makes it easy to get past all the other noise. Talking with Taylor Gooch, one of the hottest names in the game of golf right now. And I do want to take a second to tell all of our listeners that if you're in the Oklahoma City area, please go visit our friends at Quail Creek Bank. Why go to Quail Creek Bank, you may ask? Well, they're like no other bank around, and they work tirelessly to make a difference where it matters most. More than 47 years ago, Quail Creek Bank started serving the unique needs of our community, and they're still going strong. Their seasoned bank know you by name when you come to their branch and provide the guidance you need to achieve your financial goals definitely go visit our friends at quail creek bank and also please follow at the 73rd hole on twitter and at 73rd hole on instagram and leave a like and subscribe below the podcast on apple and spotify that just helps us out it's free to subscribe and it just gives you a notification when we drop a new episode we are going to hit a quick break, but stay with us because on the other side of the break, you're going to hear more from Taylor Gooch, and he's going to tell the full story on what really happened with Billy Horschel. He's going to give his thoughts on Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods. So stay with us here on the 73rd Hole Podcast, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. When something the size of a golf ball hits your roof, you need to call McRae Roofing. McRae Roofing is Oklahoma's designer roofing service specialist. For years, Jeff McRae and the experienced team at McRae Roofing and Exteriors have served fellow Oklahomans by helping them with their roofing needs. 
McCray Roofing uses only top quality materials and professional crews to make sure that each job is done right so it will give you the years of service, security, and protection you need from the unpredictable Oklahoma weather. McCray Roofing offers residential and commercial roofing, ventilation services, and custom copper designs. McCray Roofing is dedicated to exceeding the homeowner's expectations. It's not just a roof. It is your home's crowning glory. Call McCray Roofing today at 405-692-4000. That's 405-692-4000. Make sure to also visit their website at McCrayRoofing.com. That's M-C-R-A-Y Roofing.com. Don't get caught with a leaking roof. Contact McCray Roofing for your free inspection today. We are back on the other side of the break here on the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. And I want to remind everybody, go get their local golf news from GolfOklahoma.org. You can go there right now and see a great story on Benton Manley and Natalie Blunyan, who won on the Oklahoma Junior Golf Tour over this past week. And you can see that beautiful Taylor Gooch Foundation logo right there on their first place trophy. Big congrats to Benton and Natalie winning on the Oklahoma Junior Golf Tour. Okay, let's get back to the interview with our man, Taylor Gooch. You know, TG, we brought up uh, your close personal friend, Max Homa, earlier. And, you know, this podcast has been a last the test of time. But uh, at the current time of recording, the President's Cup training going on, and Max is playing in it. And for weeks now, I have been very vocal about how the President's Cup is very diluted because especially the international team, there's about six players who should be on the team who aren't because of all this stupid stuff that's going on. So, you know, obviously there's a couple questions. One, have you talked to Max this week about how he's doing in the President's Cup? And two, can you explain any way to me that having all these players not be in the President's Cup when they should is good for the game call? Yeah, I, I actually FaceTimed Max uh, after he won last week, um, and and we've texted throughout the week, and because um, he and I obviously have for years talked about um, a few things. One, Quail is one of our favorite courses. He's won at Quail. Um, we've talked about being partners in, you know, President's Cups and Ryder Cups and stuff. So we've uh, we've talked a lot this week, and, and um, it was cool to see him get the win today, by the way. Um, but, yeah, you know, it's – you know, uh, I, I I thought it would have been pretty cool for the game if, and it would have been great for viewership if uh, the international team would have been comprised of the guys that are now playing live uh, that actually qualified for the team. Because, you know, from a points perspective, um, I don't think any American player uh, that's playing on live uh, would have qualified uh, how six guys, the top six in the points or whatever it was. Right, but I, that's kind of a different kind of statement because DJ and yourself and, and um, you know, a, a couple other guys really had a good chance. DJ probably, as well as he's playing right now, would have made it, you know, regardless, oh, right? Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. qualified for a spot. So, I mean, you have to be pissed off about it, right? Uh, it's, you know, of course, like you, you grew up, you know, wanting to play President's Cups, Ryder Cups, stuff like that. But more so, I, I think it would have been so cool that the guys from the international team, the Cam Smiths of the and Abe Answers, and those guys that really did qualify per the system, how cool it would have been for the viewers and, and for everyone if they would have said, okay, they actually did qualify. We're going to let them play. Because imagine, like, you know, Cam Smith and 
and Mark Leishman right. coming down the 18th and Sam Burns and Scotty Scheffler coming down. And, you know, if whoever won the 18th and they go and shake hands and people realize like, hold on a second, these guys, they're just golfers and they don't like hate each other. <laughs> and like, this is just a golf at the end of the day. Um, I think it would have done a lot to uh, kind of repair some of the damage that's been done um, here over the last few months. And so I, I from T-Dub back to your question, I, I wish that uh, simply the international team, the guys that actually did qualify could have played because I thought it, I thought it would have been uh, a good way to kind of move things forward in a, in a more positive manner for, for both sides of the coin. Of course, I'm the oldest of all of you. Your combined ages don't even hardly reach me. Um, so I can go back a long way. And when I look, and I told both Sam and T-Dub and Colby, when I got on this podcast with them, the PGA has always been a bully. And I don't have a problem saying it and, and because I've watched it. I've watched it. I played it. I was a part of it. I've seen it for years. The PGA was based on 20 players. I was even told, they told me one time, we really don't care about you. You're just here to fill the field. Okay. So to me, I've been a big fan, and I was proud as punch of you, dude, that you decided to pull this trigger because I think they needed a slap in the face, and I hope that you all keep slapping them. That's what I'm going to tell you, and I'm pulling for all of you guys that are on this live because they needed it. They needed a punch in the mouth, and I think you're giving it to them. Now, they're going to fight like a pit bull, but I, I still say you guys stay the course, and you're going to be okay has the PGA Tour done any more to you? And you might not can answer this. And if you can't, I'm cool with it. Don't worry about it. But has there been any more interaction with you and the PGA Tour since you have gone full lip? Uh, no, not not any interaction. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, what I think is what's been cool uh, from my perspective has been, uh, you know, for most of most of the guys that live, uh, most of the players and, and people that live, you know, we I feel like we've done a good job of focusing on our own product, on our own tournaments, on what we're doing, and uh, you know, we don't we don't want to get into a you know a tit for tat with um, you know everything going on. You know, at the end of the day, I call it the rule sixty seven. Go go play good golf. Go go entertain people. Go have fun, and you know everything will take care of itself. Um, you know, uh, all this negativity that's flowing around, I, I just, I don't see how it, um, it helps anyone. Uh, it, it, all it does is it's going to continue to create viewership for, for media outlets. And cause I mean, there's a reason why keeping up with the Kardashians is on season 59 <laughs> or whatever it is. Like people love drama, man. And that's, that's what the, 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 you know, the media outlets are, are feeding into right now. And, uh, it's gotten away from from golf. I mean, I've talked to a bunch of buddies that are still playing PJ Tour. That everyone just kind of feels the same. It's like, man, can we just can we just talk about golf? Let's get back to playing golf and trying to win tournaments and focusing on that. But um, you know, that's what I I'm I'm proud of of a lot of the players that um, you know on both sides that have have not chosen to get into the the tassels of of trying to you know tear someone else down to lift yourself up and so 
um, you know, hopefully uh, sooner than later, things will start to calm down. And, um, you know, I, I, I think there's, you know, space in this, in this world for, you know, a coexistence. I think there's space for both entities to thrive uh, because they are a different product. And, you know, it wasn't too long ago that the European tour and the PGA tour were, you know, these kind of rival tours, but there wasn't so much hatred fueled, uh, you know, between the, the, between the two and, and they were both thriving. And so I think there's a way that, uh, we can all move past, you know, this negativity and, and focus on, on the golf and focus on the fun of it. Cause at the end of the day, you know, we, we talk about it a lot when we, you have crazy fans at tournaments that are saying, you know, dumb stuff. We're like, you know what, thank goodness for these crazy dumb fans because we get to do this for a living because of them. And so at the end of the day, I think we need to, you know, focus on, on, on providing entertainment for the fans and, and trying to, to be the best golfers that we can be and get, get away from, you know, like I said, you know, stepping on each other to try to lift, lift ourselves up. Yeah, it definitely seems like all the sticks and stones that have been thrown have been from one side to another. Right. And so to me, I, I, I totally agree that these, both of these tours can coexist. And I think that, you know, you're preaching to the choir here. And, and so to me, the thing I want to know from you is what mistakes do you think that the PGA tour has made? Um, not only to upset the guys that went to live, but I feel like there's probably a lot of PGA tour players on the PGA tour right now that are upset with how Jay Monahan has handled this whole situation. How do you feel from your perspective? Yeah. I mean, at, at the end of the day, I think, um, I think if the tour had been a little bit more proactive, uh, you know, you know, for a while now, things wouldn't have gotten into this place, um, in, in the way that they, that they have, um, you know, it's, I've, I've gotten, uh, I've caught a lot of flack for saying this, but I'm going to continue to say it. I'm, I'm just a golfer. So it's, it's tough for me to say what they could have done differently, what they should have done differently. Um, you know, I, for me, I chose to, to go this route because I, I'm a believer in the product of live. And, and I, I think it's a really cool idea. And I, I think the, the, you know, the people behind it are, are, you know, passionate and supportive and excited about building something. And, and we're, you know, players were on board and we're excited and, and about building something as well. And so, you know, I, again, it's, I'll, I'll probably catch some more flack for saying this, but I'm, I'm just a golfer. So it's, it's, you know, all of this political stuff of, you know, what they should have done, how they could have done things, you know, differently or better. It's, it's tough for me to say, um, you know, but at the end of the day, I, I think, I think if they could have been a little bit more proactive, um, rather than reactive, I think things would have been handled a little bit differently. It's kind of ironic. Uh, I feel like I've kind of come a full circle and it sounds like you're starting to circle. I'm going to get off live because I appreciate you. Uh, you've been so honest with us tonight, and that's so cool. And uh, just so you know, our our podcast is not trying to beat up the PGA Tour. We're we're we we want golf to do just what you said. We want it to get bigger and better. So I think it will. I think the cooler heads are going to take care of this. But here's a question for you because I was reading a little article about you the other day, and I was thinking to myself, I grew up at 
Quail Creek Golf and Country Club, so I was kind of one of those uh, Silver Spoon kids. I, I played at Quail Creek. I did. I wasn't at the Munich. I started at Lake Hefner and then went to Quail Creek. And I find it ironic that today I was at John Conrad Golf Course. There we go. And I spent I spend a lot of time with the Carl Albert Titans helping their golf program, Coach John Herbert. Mm-hmm. And such a great dude i mean this guy's a football coach but he's the first football coach i've ever met that really gave a darn about golf so it's pretty cool and i'm thinking to myself here i was i was a country club rat and now i've come full circle i live on a farm and i'm teaching over at john conrad to the carl albert kids and i read where the midwest city kid that's just tougher than nails is moving to nichols hills <laughs> i was like gee money what oh, no. the hell happened gosh <laughs> dang son i I was a little disappointed in that. Uh, I hey, got to tell you. Hey, trust really? me. I'm, I know. I'm I'm still a little disappointed in myself at times, too. But, hey, you got to make mama happy. You know? <laughs> got to <laughs> make sure mama's happy. Okay. Well, that would have been the only way you could get away with it. If you told me, well, I got to get mama happy. And you're right. Because if mama ain't happy, nobody's happy. Correct. So, uh, I'll, I'll use that excuse. <laughs> yeah, well, in about in about 30 years when you've come back over here to all of us uh, uh, farmers in New Walla and all that, I'll say, yeah, you made the right decision. I'll be dead and gone. But I will say, okay, welcome back, son. Welcome back. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah, I did. I played John Conrad today. It's the first time I've gotten on it. And uh, – you know, Taylor, I hate to say it. I like the old golf course. <laughs> and and I know we lost. they lost a ton of trees with mm-hmm. that ice storm. I, I don't think they took all those trees out for the golf course. I know, personally, I was out there, like I said, teaching the Carl Albert kids. And I was amazed at the devastation that ice storm did to that golf course. Um, but in saying that, I think it, it, it's still one of the best municipal golf courses I've ever played around our area it's a good track and i think they went a little crazy on the greens i think there's some there's some greens that i looked around there's no pin spots at all (laughs) none and 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 i'm going holy cow you know we went from flat as a pancake almost every green out there to now all these undulations so i get it you know i'm i'm too old i'm i'm old school i i just don't i don't think you need a buried elephant every green but (laughs) um I think the golf course, though, uh, is it matures. I, I, you know, I've always said I, I, I love John Conrad for two reasons. One is I love the sound of freedom that flies over me every time I'm over there. Mm-hmm. I just love watching those jets. And it's just a great golf course for this small little city. I mean, it's a great golf course. They ought to be darn proud if you live in this area. And you growing up on it, that's why you were a dang good player, dude, because you had to drive your golf ball back in the days really straight there, and you had to have some shots. You had to play some shots. Greens weren't severe, but you had to play a lot of good shots around that golf course. Mm-hmm. So, Especially coming down the stretch. Surprise. Yeah. What do you I mean, think about the changes, TG? Yeah. yeah. Kind of, well, kind of similar to, to you, Woody. It's it's it sucks uh, that they lost some of the trees to the to the ice storm um, because there's it's not as um, you know, there's just a few shots, a few tee balls that it's not as demanding as it used to be. Um, and yeah. and I I love that the they've made the greens a little crazy. Uh, some of them, like you said, it, it's 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 a constant craziness. Uh, but you know, it's it is. 
I think it's going to make for a lot of like fun games. Like when you're, you know, some of the old games out there that they're like, there's going to be a lot of fun to it, but I get what you're saying. Like it, it, the, the greens did get a little bit crazy, but, um, but yeah, it, it's, it's, it's such a, such a cool place. And, and like you said, I, I really do attribute, you know, so much of my game and that's why I try to often bring Conrad up because it's, it's, you know, it's the foundation of, of the golfer that I am and, and, you know, what created, uh, you know, the, the player that I've, I've become. Um, and so I'm, I'm a big, big fan of it. I, I do wish that, uh, not wish I'll be curious to see, like you said, as it matures and, uh, kind of grows in a little bit, I, the, I just I wish like 15 through 18. I, I I just hope that it can get a little bit more demanding because that was like you know growing up if if you you know had a lead coming down the stretch or something like you knew 15 16 17 18 like th- it could either go good or it could go bad and it was so dictated on the tee ball you had to hit it in the fairway and so you know I'm hoping uh, as it kind of matures and grows in a little bit that it will be a little bit more demanding uh, kind of like what I knew it growing up. So TG, speaking yeah. of you growing up and your junior golf, you have done a lot with the Taylor Gooch Foundation, not only for Positive Tomorrows, but with the OJGT. Talk about your involvement with the OGA and the OJGT and Maury Rose and, and what you've done to kind of give back it, ever since uh, you started the foundation. Yeah, so uh, we asked, you know, we approached Maury and just said, hey, what can we do to help? How much, you know, how much help um, does X amount give? What can we get it? You know, what what more can we provide? And um, and so we've, you know, he's directed us and told us what they've needed, how we could help. And um, and so it's, it's a cool beginning of hopefully a long lasting relationship with OJGT and, you know, all of Oklahoma golf and, you know, we, we have a long ways to go with the foundation, but, you know, we want to, we want it to keep growing it and, and keep, you know, making more and more impact into, you know, into junior golf in Oklahoma, uh, in a bunch of different ways. And so we, we have some, some big, you know, goals and aspirations, but, uh, in the beginning just to, to be able to, to help in any way, shape or form. And it's, it's, it's a blessing and it's so cool to see, um, you know, the, the OJGT trophies with, you know, my foundation's logo on it, man. It's, it's like, it it almost gets me emotional thinking about it. Um, because, you know, I got kids tagging me on Instagram with, you know, pictures at Conrad and different courses with trophies saying, you know, thanks to Taylor Gooch. And it's like, that's cool, man. It's, it's cool. It's, it's, it's really, it's, it's just, it's almost overwhelming how cool it is. So, um, you know, like I said, this is the beginning and hopefully we can, uh, we, like I said, we have some aspirations of doing some, some big stuff. And so hopefully we can, uh, continue to work in that direction and, and do some cool stuff in the future. Yeah, TG, I think it's just absolutely fabulous what you did giving back to the game of golf and just kind of along those same lines, projecting for the future of golf. Where do you think the state of golf will be in the next five to ten years? Obviously, live has changed so much. on But just from your perspective, how do you see the game of golf continuing to grow over the next decade or so? Man, that's a great question. Um, I, so there's you know i'm gonna start sounding like an the the old head at times but like you know there there's i think a lot of good and maybe not so much good that's going to come from it you know the technology part i think uh is is great in small doses so like when i see like 13 14 year old kids with like track mans and you know 
three different types of wedges with different bounces for different areas of the country they go and doing all this testing with drivers and this and that. And it's like, you know, the best golfer I've ever played with, uh, keeps things pretty simple. DJ, you know, he, he doesn't complicate things. And that's, I'm, I'm, I hope, um, you know, the game of golf does not continue to, to grow technologically too much and start to complicate it. Uh, because I think the best golfers that we know and that we get to watch, it's, you know, they're not robots up there hitting shots. There's, they're artists. And, um, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, I think golf is golf's art. I, I don't, I don't, I, you know, Bryson might disagree with me, but I, I just don't think it's like a necessarily just a pure numbers game. And, and you, I, I, I'm just really hopeful that the, 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 artfulness the the creativity that comes with learning how to hit shots and stuff uh i hope it's not completely extinguished uh with all this you know new technology that's coming about and i'm sure woody's probably laugh at me as i'm hitting pro v's 300 yards (laughs) and not you know having to you know completely you know club down into the 30 mile an hour wind and try to you know finagle a five iron from 130 and you know but you know i i think obviously the attention that golf is getting right now is, is it's negative and obviously in so many ways, but it's, it's also created such a stir uh, about the game. And I think that's going to ultimately, you know, create an advantage for the game of golf. You know, uh, the whole pandemic, uh, I think, you know, for lack of better terms, kind of re-energized golf in a sense so many more people started playing the game um because you know that's all that you know people could do and and you know i think with all the attention and and all the the hoopla that's come with these last few months um you know when you when you're having tiger woods get involved in the way that he has i mean i i I think good things are going to come from that you know one way or another and so um it'll be really interesting the next you know couple decades you know as as more money goes into the industry, you know, it's going to create more competition, you know, from a, you know, from a younger age and up, you know, it's, it's like, I tell people, you know, just like in any industry, when there's more, when, when there's more money involved, that's why, you know, you have in every sport as sports have become enterprises over the last 30 years and not, you know, necessarily just, you know, the old school play the play it for the love of it. Like kids, you know, are, 14, 15 years old specializing and spending all this time because, you know, there is real chance to make, you know, real money. And as that comes, you know, that's, that's a good thing, but I just hope it doesn't cross over into becoming detrimental for the game. Um, and, and, and so it, it, it'll be very, very interesting to see, you know, how things, uh, progress over the next decade. But, um, you know, I, I just, I, I think if, if, I just hope tech technology is, is the one thing that does fear, you know, that, that instills a little fear in me is, um, I think as a chance of taking away, uh, some of the, the artistry that is needed for golf. TG, I'm curious, you know, we've heard a lot about what's the end game for the PGA tour and all of this. And obviously, you know, certain media outlets, that's all they talk about is the end game for the PGA tour. Where does it fall? I'm curious to get your thoughts and, you know, kind of expand on what's the end game for live and, and where do you see live going in five years? And 
um, you know, kind of to the point of, you know, the PGA Tour, we've heard a lot of people talk about how they possibly could relinquish their nonprofit and, and stuff like that. What what do you think that Liv can do while the PGA Tour is trying to figure all their stuff out? Uh, what is their end game here in the next five years or so? Oh, man, that's a great question. Um, I think it's going to be really cool to see the whole franchising part, how, you know, I, I think, you know, they have this goal of, you know, creating, you know, these, you know, not just teams, you know, but each team kind of acting as a franchise and it's just something that is unprecedented in the game. And so, um, you know, it's, people talk about a lot. It's a, it's a clash of, you know, F1 and premier league soccer and this and that and there's there's just a a lot of opportunity and um i think it's gonna be cool to see like how the the fan bases are gonna start to gravitate towards certain teams versus certain you know and or for certain players and um i just the whole franchising part is going to be very very interesting to follow because you know, there's going to be trades, you know, there's going to be guys who have a poor season that gets, you know, demoted, you know, down from live. And and so it's, it, you know, I think, I don't know, you know, what the end game, what they're, you know, ultimately, you know, trying to do in the next five years. Um, but I, I, you know, I do know that I'm very much intrigued about that part just from a fan's perspective not from the player perspective because I think it's gonna be so cool and it it already is so cool at tournaments to see guys or fans and kids that have you know aces gear on or the fireballs gear or and you're hearing these people you know scream you know let's go aces or you know whatever and so gooch and so it's yeah it's it's gonna be the whole team aspect because it is so unprecedented it's it's gonna be really cool to see what happens with that well taylor that the the answer you had just now with technology um what i've always liked about you is you're wise way beyond your years young man um it's kind of amazing to me to listen to you talk to think how young you are um one of the guys that we always talk about on our podcast was most impressive teacher was Butch Harmon. Butch Harmon never used a track man Mm -hmm. didn't didn't never even thought of it uh uh, you know, when I teach young kids, I, I don't have as many as I used to because they all want technology. And they really don't like how, uh, I guess mean might be a good word because I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't put up with just, uh, maybe, maybe, I, you know, I, I, I deserve a trophy. Um, I think it comes down to what you were talking about. And that's why I loved your answer there. When we talk about technology, the, the biggest question is, is what did you shoot? And you saying that, I, I'm curious, when you practice and when you play golf, do you do you play that way? You, you don't play technical, do you? you? At least you sure don't look like it. It looks like you see a shot and you hit a shot. Is that the way you play? Yeah, for sure. I, you know, I, of course I've, I've used track mans and foresights. I've, I've gotten on those before and checked them out and stuff. But, um, you know, I, I think – they can be used well you know they can be a a a a good tool to have but it's it's not the end-all be-all and you know to be frank i i think they're great for my lazy butt because i can go you know practice distances and i can hit a shot and know exactly how far a ball went um that and that's how i utilize you know 
the track bands and those type of you know f- um, radar systems. Like I, I use it strictly for um, for distance control, distance work. I don't I don't use it at all for you know any type of swing thoughts or you know how to hit a golf shot or what you know anything of that nature. Um, and so you know th- there's there's like I said there's some good that comes from it, but like you said. Th- it's not going to teach you when you get to, you know, number of when you get to number three um, at national and, you know, you have a wind in and off the left and you have 177 yards and you got to hit like this kind of this soft draw six iron that's going to fight the wind. Pro- like there's, there's no machine that can te- teach you how to do that. And, the only way that you're going to learn how to do that is by being out there on the course, learning how to golf. And, and, you know, I just, that, that's to your point, like when you get out there and you're hitting shots, you're not, you're not making swings. You're not trying to do a certain thing that you did in front of a, you know, in front of some piece of technology, you're out there, you know, I, my coach, uh, and I always talk about you, you, you're trying to be an athlete out there. You're, you're trying to think less and do more. Um, you know, and that's why the, the, you know, I think the best players uh, in the world, you know, have some of the quietest minds. Um, and, you know, DJ gets a little bit of a, of a bad rep for, you know, not, you know, people kind of try to make him out to be not very smart. And I always tell people, you know, he's probably a lot smarter than what you could imagine. And if, if anything, you, you could, you know, most people could learn how to be as quiet, you know, in the, in the mind as he is on a golf course. And, um, and you know, I, I don't know. I, I I just think I think learning how to golf on a golf course uh, is a is, a, you know, it, I I think it's a it's a skill that no matter how much technology is, you know, comes. I think that skill will never go away. Um, but you know, th- to your point, there's so many you know kids that are so infatuated nowadays with the technology, kind of understandably so, because it is amazing. But uh, it it can be detrimental for sure. TG, I feel like in any line of work, any job anyone has, the two things that everyone negotiates for are more money and more time off. And it seems like with your move to live, you've been able to accomplish both of those things. But I kind of want to focus on the more time off that you'll have. Obviously, you have a very young daughter that you're taking care of. So just kind of let us know, you know, you have a few more weeks now off every year. So kind of just tell us what you're going to do in your free time. Gosh, so many people have asked that, and I just don't have an answer. Uh, the only thing I know I'm doing for sure is the second week of November, uh, I'm going to go down to Austin, and Sergio's going to have uh, his foundation event, and I'm going to go down there and do that. And other than that, I don't have a single thing planned, and it's great. So uh, I'm, really ex- I'm really excited to not have anything planned and start to twiddle my thumbs and be bored and take – you know, my baby girl to swimming lessons and, you know, just hang out. So I I don't have any plans and it's great. TG to end the show. I got a couple fun questions here and obviously we're in Oklahoma. You're an Oklahoma boy. You kind of grew up an OU fan and then went to OSU and it's been the big talk recently that Bedlam is going to be discontinued um, probably next year. And so what are your thoughts on Bedlam ending? Yeah, golly, I just don't see a sport like a sporting world in which there's not bedlam. You know, that's just such an odd thing to think about. Uh, that would be tragic, honestly, and and I really hope it doesn't happen. So, 
uh, you know, I, 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 I don't know. I just, I really hope that doesn't happen. It's so cool for, you know, I mean, it's, that's what sports is about. It's about, you know, it's about rivalries. That's what makes fans, you know, get up, you know? And so, you know, I don't, I don't know. I, I, that's, like I said, that would be tragic and hopefully that does not happen. Okay. Second one here, you took a lot of shots, you know, throughout the year, but I think you took the most shots when you made the Ryder Cup comment after, um, wh- wh- which tournament was that after? Portland. It, it was after Portland. Yeah. So, number one, do you regret saying that? Number two, um, what were you trying to imply with, you know, the Ryder Cup statement? And take me through, did you know it was going to be a big deal when you said it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was I was standing there with the, the my teammates, and – uh, you know, I mean, honestly, there was a bunch of fans, uh, surrounding the green and it was energetic. It was fun. It was exciting. And, um, obviously I was pumped because we had just won. <laughs> and, and so I'm sitting there next to DJ and, and, and I can't remember if it was Pat Reed or Pat Perez, but I was like, don't let them put that mic in front of me right now. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say something just to kind of, you know, I'm in the moment. I'm pumped, and I'm, I might say something that's, stir the pot that's a little gonna bit. stir the pot a little bit. And uh, and that's that's why if if you look closely in the video, the the reactions of of DJ and them, they were like, "Oh man, he really did say it." And so, <laughs> uh, yeah, that was that was. I, no, I don't regret it because it's people get a little. You know, people need a reminder that at the end of the day, this is still just golf. Like it's fun. It's fun. (laughs) You know what? Let's hang out. This, this is not the end all be all. It's like my, my buddy keeps saying, you know, when all this talk about, is this a, you know, all the talk about exhibition golf. And one of my, my buddies says, well, honestly, it's, none of y'all are surgeons. So it's, it's all exhibition. Like yeah. <laughs> none of it really does matter at the end of the day. You're playing a game for it, a living. It's a, it's a game. This yeah. isn't surgery. This isn't life or death. So yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's end the show here on some rapid fire and I'm going to give you a name and just tell me the first thing that pops to your head. It doesn't have to be a single word. You can, you know, expand on it a little bit. All okay. right. So let's start off with DJ. Uh, Superman. Okay. Yeah, he had a tee shot my rookie year. I was playing uh, Riviera with him, and he had a tee shot that no human should be able to hit. <laughs> and I hope he doesn't ever hear me say this about him, calling him Superman, because I call him Old Man now because he has a I think it's a seven wood and a nine wood in the bag at times, and so I call him <laughs> Old Man for having so many woods in the bag. But yeah, he's he is Superman, and 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 he just he does stuff on a golf course that it's it's special. Patrick Reed. I I mean he's just a gamer. Like there's there's nothing else you can say about it. He and you can see like it's almost like you can see the look in his eye when it's it's time and he gets going uh and it's it's just it's cool. Uh let's go with Tiger Woods. I mean the greatest ever. What, what are your thoughts on the players meeting and stuff like that? Uh I mean I wasn't there so I right. you know I don't I don't know. Um you know I it's, it's 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 interesting um you know i i just at the end of the day everyone's kind of looking out for themselves which is i mean this is your career this is what you should do is you look out for for yourself and and for your future and and um you know i just i man i i don't know if everyone realizes that everyone is looking out for themselves phil mickelson 
Oh my gosh. Uh, I went and, uh, shook his hand the other day and, um, and just said, Hey, thank you. I go, you've, you've been drugged through the mud more than anyone, but if it wasn't for you, none of this would have happened. And, um, I was like, and I know this isn't, this isn't going to like make up for all that, but you know, just thank you. And he goes, you know, it's funny. There's actually been a, a handful of people that have said that recently, which is, you know, it's, it's good. That's good to hear that people recognize like, you know, he's been kind of the fall guy for so much of this, but you know, he's also the guy that kind of really got things going. And it's not only guys on live. We even heard Xander Shoffley come out and kind of vindicate Phil on the statements that he made. Um, Matthew Wolf. Oh man, he is, he is bombing it right now, by the way, (laughs) you know, he's bombing it when DJ came up to me or, um, so we work with the same trainer, Colby Toulier and, um, and we were warming up a couple mornings ago. Um, and, and he said something like, dude, he goes, I had two forty, and there's this par five that I couldn't get there in two. And he goes, I had two forty in. <laughs> and I was, so the next day on the range, uh, I, he had played that day with DJ. And so on the range the next day I go up to, uh, go up to DJ and I was like, did he really have two forty in there? And he goes, dude, he goes, he had some balls that, I don't know if I've ever seen like that before. <laughs> and if DJ is saying that, then that's crazy. That's saying something. That's crazy. Um, Billy Horschel. Oh, Do you want to speak on that at all? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, at, at, yes and no. Like the the whole you know reason I I came out and said what I said on Twitter was because that morning um, I sat. He's on the range. I go set my bag next to him. I'm hitting golf balls his uh caddy for that week uh his name call him lordy he actually caddies for henrik stinson um and and so we were just chatting and he was like man how's the little one doing you know blah 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 and we're just having a you know a normal like casual conversation right and then you know it just it was bothersome to me that if you you know if you have a problem with me being here you know, talk to me. Like the right. reason all this is escalating more and more is because that you know it's, everything is being fueled by the media, and it's like if if the player, if all the players re- could understand, like if we banded together, you know, we we kind of drive the bus, and you know, there's a reason why, like in other you know sports leagues, there's players associations that kind of you know help keep the leagues in check, if you will, and you know, it's like man, don't 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 be buddy buddy to my face like that and ask me how my family is and then go, you know, talk to me and like, I don't know why he's here. And it's like, man, that, so that just rubbed me the wrong way. And that's, that's why I was like, all right, if, if, if that's what you're going to do, I'll, you know, I'm going to have to speak up on my, you know, and stand up for myself. Do you think guys like him and Rory are being told what to say by the tour? Uh, that's a, that's a good question. Um, you know, I, I I don't know. I don't know. Okay, couple more here. Brandel Chambly. Uh I mean, he's uh, seems pretty uh outspoken and and a believer in in his thoughts and his words. Uh I have never had a um really much interaction with him, so I don't I don't have much of a <laughs> I don't have much of a, you know, opinion on him just because I don't right. you know, I haven't really had much interaction with him, but he's he's been outspoken here recently, that's for sure. Yeah. Last one here. Taylor Gooch, what do you think about him and and the year he's had? 
Golly, it's been an exhausting year for him. I think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know. I know he's really ready for. Uh, to crush it for these next uh, six weeks, and then he is ready for November 1st <laughs> to come and to have some downtime. <laughs> I bet. I bet. Well, TG, thank you so much for joining the 73rd hole today and take this from the bottom of not only my heart and, and T-Dub and Woody, but all of Oklahoma is rooting for you. And and I hate to see guys like you and Matthew Wolf and, and Charles Howell III and, and all these guys that we know, um, their names being drugged through the mud. And that's why I really wanted to do this interview. I didn't want to, you know, bash the PGA Tour, build up live. I wanted to, you know, continue and like we've done from the start, let people know who you really are. And I feel like, you know, not only the fact that you kind of burst on the scene playing well recently, but then your name is in the media for all the different reasons, right? And and so I don't think a lot of people know who you are and what you're about. And I just thank you for joining the show today. Man, thanks for having me. It's, it's uh, not many podcasts uh, that have – there's been a lot of podcasts and people who've reached out for – uh, these type of things here recently. And, uh, I trust y'all and I know that y'all aren't gonna, um, <laughs> you know, make me look like an idiot out there. So yeah. no, I, I appreciate it, man. And, uh, I, again, as y'all know, I love what you guys do for Oklahoma. I'm a big Oklahoma guy. So keep up the good work. All right. One last thing. I obviously got you the Lillard Jersey. Now all I need is a four aces hat. All right, we can make that happen. All right, deal. Yeah. <laughs> make, that two, make that two of them. All right, we can, uh, we can make that happen. All yeah, right. make that three of them. Because, <laughs> you know, even though I haven't picked you all yet, because uh, of these deadbeats I work with, I'll pick you before I can always get my hands on you. But that's okay. <laughs> I yeah, yeah, I don't know if you know how the that we've done this little game where you know we pick the individual and then the team winner. Yeah, and it's basically we're we're gonna have to stop allowing people to pick the four aces. Right, now. right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Hey, and uh, uh, Taylor, uh, do me one favor: stay as close and and pay attention and absorb everything you can from dustin johnson that's the just, plan you pick you pick that brain until that brain doesn't have anymore and, and yeah he, like i always said he doesn't seem like the sharpest hat but when it comes to playing golf you stay with him and and you you learn all you can learn okay yes sir tg thank you again for joining the 73rd hole podcast the official podcast of golf oklahoma